0: Another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources. I'm Bill Wasner With me is Jay Solomon. Hi, Jay. Good morning. So we're going to talk about an invasion. <laughs> the yes, invasion sir. of the plant species. <laughs> Tell me about invasive plant species.
1: As you say, it's a bad thing whenever whenever things go things get away from you. So invasive species. You know what we're talking about is the non-native species, the things that were brought into the North America by humans and other ways, primarily by humans, either deliberately or accidentally. Um, and you know we refer to those as being exotic or alien or introduced. Uh, invasive in particular means that it's a species that is able to establish itself and within we establish it within the native plant communities and it poses a threat to the integrity of the community. Basically, it, it can grow in there not having a disturbed soil and actually displace uh, a lot of our native species by, by definition. So what we often talk about is exotic native, exotic invasive species. And those are, you know, those species that get out there and have been brought in from outside and can take over a community or a, uh, an area without any help. From, from us or anything else. And in this case, we're going to talk about primary plants, but the definition, the basic concept is the same for insects, fungi, animals, all those things. Many of the exotic, you know, one of the things, many of the exotic plants we've got were intentionally introduced as ornamentals, uh, forage plants, erosion control, and they've since naturalized and spread unimpeded across our, nature, our native areas without any, anything that poses a control to them.
0: You say it's affecting our native species, but why, just in general, why should we care about invasive plants?
1: Well, invasive plants, because they, they can get out there in in nature and and displace our native plants and not provide some of the things that our native plants do. They can escape, get out there, disrupt, basically disrupt that ecosystem, crowd out the native species, and then fail to provide what we call eco-services, and that is they may be either provide poor or no food source for wildlife. In other words, they, they take out a plant that is edible, don't provide anything that's for the animals, or it's not as nutritious, or the animals just flat can't can or won't eat the plant that they've displaced. Uh, another example is uh, bush honeysuckle and, and some of the others can replace the plants that, a lot of bird species naturally nest in and use for shelter. Think about it; there, those species they, they they provide food. They provide some berries that should be food, and they they got the limbs out of it, just like some of the native brush does, but it's not near as stable, uh, not near as nutritious to the for the birds. Uh, so you've got those two pieces where it makes them more vulnerable to being predatorized and then. Uh, things like degrading water quality, whether they don't have as much, do as good a job of holding soil in place from an erosion standpoint, or things like buckthorn that releases a toxin that actually kills uh, amphibian embryos. Uh, So having uh, buckthorn growing close to a, a native stream can result in all the effort to clean up the water in there and still have the loss of embryos and loss of, of amphibians in that water quality from a habitat standpoint.
0: So it disrupts up and down the ecosystem. Not just uh, crowding out plants might affect butterflies or uh, birds, and like you say, frogs and yeah. other amphibian from,
1: from, from one end to the other, you know, we, we, we sometimes look at some plants that, uh, Japanese barberry, they'll talk about, is... And, and some of the others that form a thicket can disrupt the system, either make it more accessible and and easier for predator animals to hide and reduces the place for the prey animals to to get away from them. Or the flip side, uh barberry may make it where the rabbits can get through it, but the foxes and the other things can't get to them at all. And so you, you lose that balance in there of mm. nature.
0: So, quiz time. Name yes. some invaders woody and non-woody please
1: okay and that's the two two divisions that we like to talk about because there's difference in the way we control them some of our woody invaders are multiflora rose bush honeysuckle buckthorn that we've already talked about uh japanese barberry and the the calorie pear or bradford pear um wing burning bush are among those some of these we recognize. Um, the Japanese barberry and the, and the pears are a couple of them that are really, we're starting to notice in the last few years, landscape plants that were not supposed to spread, that we're actually seeing spread out there and starting to show up in some very, uh, I hate to use the word, in interesting places, but some very remote, separated places from where they're already at, out in, in nature natural landscapes, which is, a, is an alarming sign. Uh, The winged burning bush, there are some burning bush that are native. The winged one happens to be one that was an import from uh, Asia, I believe. So there's a difference in those. Non-native ones, one that we may not think about is the Donny Day Lily, or sometimes referred to as the Ditch Lily. And people think, well, that's a native. No, that's one that's actually naturalized and kind of taken over things. Garlic mustard really taken over a lot up here in the northwest corner in the last about two or three years really been a an invasive problem and it's it's a good example of how the plants can spread poison hemlock queen anne's lace are among the others purple loosestrife dame's rocket english ivy are all non-woodies one that we're really keeping an eye out for and has been a problem in southern illinois don't know that we've had any problems with it up here but it's also been thought of as a interesting ornamental is the Japanese stilt grass. This stuff has been found to be pretty aggressive. Some of our water, water loving ones that I think about. So,
0: yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of them and a lot of these, I mean, who doesn't uh, see Queen Anne's lace or or a wild carrot driving down the highway? Uh, It's incredibly common, but what can we do? I mean, the horse is out of the barn, Right.
1: Right. And there's several things that we can do. One is being aware of it. Start trying to move those out of your landscape and continue to learn more about invasive species, biodiversity. Um, think about what you're putting into your landscape. And I caution this is one of the things that one of my colleagues, Peggy Doty and I, both joke about with, with people this just because we tell you you've got bush honeysuckle doesn't mean you should go out and cut all those down just immediately in your landscaping and replace them. But if you get the opportunity to replace them, take them out, put something in there that is more native or is not a plant that will escape and and become invasive. So phase those out of your landscaping. Plant more non-invasive species. Plant more native species. Look at at their native options to get those color and that kind of stuff. If you work uh, or own some property... Know, kind of work to manage the timber or prairie or, or other areas on your property and and be aware of these plants and try to reduce them and not do things that actually support them try to go in and, and reduce a few of them and and try to if they're starting to take over do an aggressive thing to, to control them if you don't happen to own property and outside that you know there's always the opportunity to volunteer to work in and help control these in public spaces whether it be those that are actually governmental body owned or organizations and conservation organizations that own property that are doing it for the public good as well. So those are always things that you get involved in and that's actually where I got involved in some of this stuff.
0: Cool. Where do we get more resources? Study more?
1: Well, we are working to put some things on to the energy and environmental stewardship webpage. Uh, And in conjunction with the U of I Extension Forestry page, which they're updating their page and should have some new content up very shortly. Um, There are some links. Uh, Invasive.org is a nationwide consortium working on this that we are a part of, U of I is a part of, and Illinois is a part of. Uh, It's... It's coordinated by the Center of Invasive Center for Invasive Species and Ecosystems at the University of Georgia. So it's an effort to put all the information into one spot. And within that group there is the Midwest Invasive Plant Network uh, that is www.mipn.org uh, And that's both of those have, access to or give you access to a lot of materials on plant identification list of the different plants and some information about locations and where they're where they're at where they're known to be a problem at um and give you an idea that whether what you're looking at what you think it is or if you need to be looking a little bit more at, for your plan id piece of it there are also a couple of uh, YouTube channels that have been created in the last couple of years that uh, might be of interest. One is the Illinois Invasive Species Symposium uh, web se- webinar series that was done this year. That is up and we will provide a link below this uh, to that YouTube series. Uh, but you can do a search of the Illinois Invasive Species we- uh, in- Illinois Invasive Species Symposium and you can get to that. Uh, Also, the U of I Extension Forestry Webinar Series is up there, and it has some invasive species management information in it as well.
0: Very good. For another edition of Spotlight on Natural Resources, this has been Bill Weisner and Jay Solomon.